0: You're listening to episode three of the Sustainable Minimalist Podcast. You are listening to the Sustainable Minimalist Podcast, a show about living simply and sustainably with your family. Here's your host, Stephanie Safarian. Hello, how are you? And welcome to episode three. Today we're talking about the eco-friendly kitchen. What is in an eco-friendly kitchen? Minimalists often boast about what they've gotten rid of, while zero wasters get excited about what they've managed to keep and repurpose. So where do sustainable minimalists come in? That's what we're talking about today. Sustainable minimalists covet only a few prized items, which are, of course, incredibly useful. If you're looking to declutter your kitchen and you're not sure what to keep and what to dispose of, this episode is for you because I'm going to be outlining five items that you definitely want to keep around. On the opposite side, if you are looking to go more towards zero waste living and decreasing your environmental footprint. This episode is for you too because we're talking about five items that will drastically reduce your household's environmental footprint simply by keeping them around and using them to their fullest potential. Let's jump right in. The first item in every eco-friendly kitchen is cloth. Cloth everything. Cloth napkins cloth towels to replace your paper towels. I talked about cloth towels in episode two, and if you're interested in replacing paper towels in your home with cloth towels, definitely go back and listen to episode two of the podcast. But why cloth? I'll give you three reasons. The reason number one is cloth gets the job done better. Cotton is infinitely more absorbent than paper, hands down every day. Reason two, cloth is cheaper. If, for instance, like me, you repurpose old clothes into rags, rags are free. So zero dollars as opposed to a, quote, huge roll of bounty paper towels at $1.63 a roll. If you go through one roll per week for an entire year, you've just spent almost $85 dollars. Now, when it comes to cloth napkins, the math gets really interesting, and cloth napkins do still come out cheaper. I did a quick Google search of cloth napkins, and I found ones that I liked. They cost $18.19 for a set of 12. That comes out to $1.51 each. They'll last for years and years, but there is an upfront cost of $18.19. Paper napkins by me, where I live, by contrast, cost one cent each or $5.47 for a 400 count bag. In my house, for example, 400 disposable napkins would last about six weeks, give or take. So how long will it take until cloth napkins win the financial debate and come out on top? When I do the math, it comes out to 20 weeks. At 20 weeks and on, cloth napkins are infinitely cheaper. That one upfront cost becomes worth it. So I'll say this another way. If I purchased paper napkins for an entire year, I'd spend $47.40 on single-use items that I'm throwing in the trash. $47 that I could have kept in my pocketbook. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're probably thinking that the costs associated with running the washing machine to wash the napkins, to purchase the additional detergent and water needed to keep the napkins clean will quickly eat up any perceived savings. The Ocean Conservancy did out the math, and they also found that cloth still comes out on top. I'll link to the research in the show notes if you're interested in diving a little bit deeper into the financial benefits of going cloth. But if you're looking to save money, it's virtually unanimous. Cloth napkins and cloth paper towels are the way to go. Just wash them in a full load in the washing machine in cold water and then line dry. Now, the third reason why cloth is the better choice, is that cloth is absolutely, definitely, and almost always environmentally friendly. Reusable things always are. If you choose cloth, though, remember that cotton is a water and pesticide intensive crop, so consider purchasing organic cotton right up front. Now, what does a cloth-filled kitchen look like in practice. It really doesn't look much different from a paper kitchen. In my house, I have a drawer full of rags that I use instead of paper towels. I talked about that on episode two of the podcast, but the rags are out of sight. Unless you're looking for them, you'd never find them. And cloth napkins I keep also in a drawer off-the-counter And honestly, cloth napkins are a little bit fancy. They add a bit of class to my family meals. If you're wondering whether the washing and the maintaining of all these reusable items offers a hefty toll, the answer is no. It's a single load of laundry once every few days, and I hardly even notice extra work. Item number two in an eco-friendly kitchen has got to be glass Tupperware. Now, maybe you are familiar with the controversies surrounding plastic and food storage. Maybe you've heard that plastic is unsafe. It's an unsafe material for holding your food. Research abounds with regard to the dangers of food and plastic, because chemicals from plastic containers migrate into your food, especially if you're heating up that container in the microwave or in the dishwasher. How gross is that? It's so gross. Glass is therefore the healthier option, let alone the more sustainable option. Now let me just tell you how great glass is. Glass repels odor and residual flavors. So you know how over time your plastic Tupperware kind of (laughs) stinks and kind of has turned color? Glass doesn't do that. Glass is non-porous, which means it's also cleaner than plastic. And glass is attractive. It can be taken from the fridge, reheated in the microwave, and then put right onto the table. Now, a few years ago, I found myself so sick and tired of mismatched lids, stained, smelly plastic Tupperware. I also had heard something about the health issues associated with plastic and food, so I switched to glass. To be completely honest, my only regret is that I didn't switch sooner. These days, I have a variety of sizes and shapes. I pack my daughter's school lunches using glass containers. She's almost four. We've been packing her lunch with glass for over a year now, and she hasn't broken a container yet. They're just that durable. I'll link to the brand I use in the show notes if you're interested. And my husband, too, has a set of flat, rectangular glass Tupperwares for his lunch. We all use glass all day long, and when you start replacing plastic with glass in your house, I think you'll be amazed at all the places plastic rears its ugly head in your kitchen. So your salad spinner, Ziploc bags, ugh, Ziploc bags, maybe even your colander. Just take the first step of eliminating plastic. Tackle one plastic item at a time and start with Tupperware. Moving right along to item number three. Item number three is one I just cannot live without. It is my prized, my coveted French press. Now, coffee aficionados swear by their French presses. They say coffee tastes better when it's brewed in a French press because the oils and the flavors of the coffee are allowed to fully enter the water without interference That's all probably true. I love my coffee. I am not a connoisseur of coffee, however. Why do I love my French press? It's because it doesn't require a disposable filter. No coffee filter means that I am making zero waste coffee for myself every morning. And on the topic of sustainability, it's important to discuss coffee shops. Starbucks, up where I live, Dunkin' Donuts is big. Starbucks coffee cups cannot be recycled because while the exterior is paper, the interior is lined with plastic. Styrofoam, also known as foamed polystyrene, can never, ever, ever be recycled. So it's important to find a method of coffee brewing that you love so that you stay away from the coffee shops and their disposable cup problem. Unless, of course, you bring your own mug. Now, I also want to talk about the financial benefits of brewing your coffee at home because this was shocking to me. A recent study from Acorns Money Matters, now I'll link again to this research in the show notes, but a recent study determined that the average American spends... $1,100 per year on coffee brewed outside the home. If I'm going to be honest, I will say I probably used to be one of them. I used to love Starbucks. But these days, I buy whole bean coffee from Whole Foods. I pay $11.99 per pound. A pound lasts me just about two weeks, which means that over the course of one year, I spend $312 per year on coffee. Now, I also have to add in the amount of money I spend on half and half. I don't drink sugar. But when I add in that ancillary cost, I spend approximately $468 per year on coffee, thanks to my French press. Now, just to recap, the average American spends $1,100 per year on coffee. I'm spending $468. So I am saving $632 a year simply by getting familiar with my French press and loving the product it creates. Moving right along to essential kitchen item number four, you probably guessed it. It is your compost bin under your kitchen sink. Now, We'll talk about all the different types of compost bins a little later, but the one under your sink is the one I'm specifically focusing on. And here's why. The food scraps that we put in our trash cans are carted off to the landfill. Now, you may be thinking, what's bad about that? Food decomposes. It's not so serious. But it actually is serious because deep in our trash pits, There's not much oxygen. So our food scraps release methane as they decompose. Now, what on earth is methane? Methane is a greenhouse gas. What makes this sad truth even more depressing? This is all entirely preventable. This is where having a compost bin comes into play. Because a compost bin allows you to repurpose your non-meat and non-dairy scraps into nutrient-rich soil with very, very, very little effort. Now, I used to be a non-composter, so I feel confident in what I'm about to say next. Non-composters often view composting as this baffling, mysterious hobby. Non-composters shrug at getting dirty They think composting is only for farmers. And the truth is there are so many misconceptions when it comes to composting that I just want to demystify the entire process for you. Composting is easy. It's not dirty. It's not just for farmers. You can compost anywhere. You can compost under your sink. You can compost on your fire escape if you live in an apartment building. You can compost in your backyard, if you have a backyard, that's what I do. You can compost in a very tiny kitchen with very little space. You can compost with worms, but you do not have to. I will link to all these resources to help you in the show notes. I just want to break down the composting process for you. You turn your container's contents once a month, which basically means you stir it up. You add a little water to keep it moist, and then you just step back and let it do its thing. That's it. If you're not a gardener, if you don't want the soil that you're creating, offer it up. Any gardener will take it. Farmers will take it. Garden clubs will take it. I'm willing to bet that anybody you know with a yard and plants would be willing to take it. Because the soil that a compost bin creates is just that great. It's nutrient-rich, it's organic, and it gets two thumbs up. Now, I would, of course, be remiss if I didn't mention that when it comes to food waste, the sustainable thing is to prevent throwing food out in the first place. That means buying only what you need at the supermarket creating an eat-me box for your fridge. I'll link to that also in the show notes if you're interested. But sometimes there are food scraps that simply must be tossed. Consider tossing them in your compost bin. And here we are. The final essential eco-friendly kitchen item is beeswax wrap. Now, There are so many things wrong with plastic wrap. It's terrible for the environment, obviously. It's annoying, especially when it gets all tangled up on itself into that big plastic ball. It's expensive and it's wasteful. We already talked earlier in this episode about why you probably don't want plastic around your food. There's a simple solution to the plastic wrap problem And it just so happens it's an easy DIY project. Make your own beeswax wrap. Now, what on earth is beeswax? Beeswax is all natural, non-toxic, inexpensive, and when you melt it and you apply it to cotton, it mimics plastic wrap. The wax will make cotton unbreathable, And it will stick nicely atop any container. Beeswax is antibacterial. It's water repellent. So it is therefore an excellent choice when it comes to food storage. Now, I made beeswax wrap with my daughter. I made it a quick and easy project. I purchased beeswax from my local specialty food store I probably spent a little more than I should have. Go online and do a little research before you go out and purchase. And then for the cotton, I repurposed some of my daughter's old clothes, those fabrics that were super cute that I wanted to extend the life of. The actual making of the beeswax wraps was incredibly easy and my Three-year-old had a ball helping me, as she does with anything we do together in the kitchen. And the recipe we followed makes an awful lot of wraps. So if you're interested, I will link to directions with pictures that I used to create our own beeswax wraps. And just so you know, the directions that I will link to will also have easy directions to make Ziploc bags out of your wraps. So if you are ready to take the next step and say goodbye to plastic bags forever, you can simply make one of the beeswax wraps and then sew on some buttons and you've got yourself a plastic-free food storage bag. I should also note that if you're interested in replacing your plastic wrap with beeswax wrap, but you're just not interested in the DIY project, you can purchase them already made from a third-party seller. A simple Google search for beeswax wraps will offer up countless opportunities to buy, or I'll link to a brand that I personally like in the show notes. Just know that if you buy beeswax wraps, you're going to be spending a bit more money than if you had made them at home. So there you have it. Today we talked about five essential items in every sustainable minimalist kitchen. We talked about cloth napkins. We talked about glass Tupperware. We talked about your French press and your compost bin. And finally, we talked about beeswax wrap. To find more information about any of the items or the research that I highlighted in today's show, you can find the show notes at mamaminimalist.com forward slash 003. Also consider joining our free and growing and bustling Facebook community by searching Facebook for Sustainable Minimalists. Share your tips and tricks and ask your questions with regard to sustainability, minimalism, and motherhood. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time.